We're going to learn Ois Hay today. It's a little bit shorter than the last Ois which we learned. Then we're going to get into some deep stuff again in the continuation after that. Ois Hay is going to explain just like we did with Mishatishka Chama. Mishatishka Chama we dedicated two Ois to for one class for each ice. There was ice gimel and ice dalid. Ice gimel explained the setting of the sun on its holy level, the sun of Atsilus, Interbriyatsira <coughs> Nasiya, and ice dalid explained the setting of the sun on a negative level and explained how through the setting of the sun on a negative level and transforming that negativity, we're able to actually reach and access an even higher level than it existed at when it started on its holy level, because on its holy level, it's all inside of the structure of Seder Hishtalshlus. It's following the sequence, the evolutionary process, or it's inside of Mimali Kolalmin, the energy, the holiness, the light that shines over there. On the other hand, as a result of the sinking into Klippa, you're able to transform it to a transcendent light, to a light which is beyond Seder Hishtalshlus, to a Ur Hasevev Kol Almin, as we explained. So that was excuse me. Ais Hay is going to do the same thing. Ais Hay is going to do the same thing, but Ais Hay is going to do it in a way where it's going to do both at once, the holy level and the negative level, and it's going to also do two at once. It's going to focus on the concept of shuk and the concept of regel, regel minashuk, simultaneously. Let's take a look at Isaiah. So we explained that you light the Meneri Mishatishka Hakama. That's the beginning of the time of lighting. And it's ad until the Kalya Rigla de Tarmudoi ad the until there are no more feet, and specifically feet of Tarmudai in the marketplace. Now that's giving you a window of time. You do it from point A to point B. But if all Halacha wanted to communicate to you over here was a window of time, there are easier ways to communicate it. You could say from Shkias Hachama until um, uh, 45 minutes after, or something along those lines. Why does it say, from this point until Kal Yorigla de Tarmudai? So on a pneumistic level, on a deeper level, this p- window of time is actually communicating to us what the lighting of the menorah is supposed to accomplish. When you light the menorah, Mishatishka Achama, after sunset, as we described earlier, it needs to stay lit and until the Kalya Rigla de Tarmudai, until you've accomplished the Kalya, the ending 
of Ragla the Tarmadoy in the Shuk. The feet of the Tarmadoy in the Shuk. In other words, this is the accomplishment. Until it's accomplished that, that's how long it's supposed to stay, stay lit. It's not just an external sign to tell you the end of the time, it's something deeper. Halachically, there's also a deeper idea to it, but that's not for now, that's not for this class. Um, From just a halachic perspective, what is the last of the time that I'm supposed to do? The, that's it's just the, the last the people, the last people who are walking around in the street. So when are they supposed to light the menorah? They're not Jewish. Oh. Which is very interesting in and of itself. Because it seems to indicate, and this is a subject of great debate, that the idea of Persume Nisa applies to non-Jews, not just to Jews. That means publicizing the miracle, because that's why you want people in the marketplace, so that when you're lighting the, the Menorah, there are people out there who can see the Menorah. But you would think that the people out there you want seeing the Menorah are exclusively Jews. No. But from here, it would seem to indicate, and not everybody um, uh, accepts this, that that even non-Jews are included in Persimonisa. Again, not for now. Let's see Oishei. V'zeo Pirish Ad Shetichle Regal Menashuk. Pirish Aleph, one explanation is Shehu Inyan B'Kedusha, it's an idea in holiness. Shuk. What's Shuk in holiness? Shuk is Shaykov. Shuk is related to Shaykh, his thighs. Shaykov, his thighs, thigh. The thigh. Thigh of the leg. Shaykov Amude Sheish. His thighs, this is referring to the Abishter, his thighs are pillars of marble. And what does this refer to? So the Maimer says, Zaha Ilam, this refers to the world. Why is the world referred to as Hashem's thighs? Because the Abishter was Nishtaikik, the Abishter yearned. The word Shaykh is also connected to the word Nishtaikik, which means yearning. Because the Abishter yearned to create it. As we know, the Ibishter had a taiva to create the world. What does that have to do with thighs? Because it's related to the word nishtaikik. Oh, thighs. Which is connected to the word shaykh. Viregel min hashuk, feet from the marketplace. So what's the regel, which is being referred to over here on a holy level? The feet, who inyan gimel regalim. That's the idea of the three holidays. The three holidays which we celebrate through the year, which are Pesach, Sukkot, and Shavuos. So these three holidays are a darga hachinailis bekedusha, are a very high level in holiness. The three holidays are not just a time on the calendar when you're able to um, uh, relax a little bit. In fact, anybody who's experienced the Chassidish holiday knows that <laughs> holiday is anything but a time for relaxing. You don't get to sleep, you don't get to eat normally, you don't get to do anything. It's just, you're running around uh, 
experiencing the holiday. The holiday is a time of an infusion of godliness into the world. There's this great infusion of godliness that enters into the world at the time of the holiday. And that's why the Yidin would go up to Yerushalayim Shalish Regalim Bashana three times during the year, which is also related, <coughs> of course, <coughs> excuse me, to the word Regal. That the word Regal is connected to the idea of um, of feet which are walking to Yerushalayim. Um, and the, these three times were times when the Yidin came to experience the godliness in a very palpable way in Yerushalayim. K'mayma Razal, as our Chachamim teach us, K'shem she'balir ois, kach ois. That just as the Jews came to see, so too they came to be seen. Ukeshem ois, just as they came to be seen, kach ois, so too they came to be seen. In other words, when the Yidin went to Yerushalayim, it was a experience, a very holy and godly experience. And the Jews who were there saw godliness in a very direct, in a very tangible way. They experienced godliness. And they took this godliness home with them when they left. And of course, they needed a rejuvenication of this shortly later, which is why there are three times during the year when the Yidin would go up. But these three times are three times where the Yidin are going to experience godliness. And that's the concept of regal and holiness. Regal and holiness is a time when you're able to see godliness. So shaykh and holiness, shuk and holiness is shaykh, the thigh, the yearning of Hashem for the world. And the regal and holiness is a place, a time when you're able to experience extreme levels of godliness. But then we have the unholy level. Uperisha Bezu, the lower explanation is, the second explanation, that is Shuk Urshus Arabim. A Shuk refers to a marketplace. And a marketplace, as we mentioned earlier in this Mimer, is a Rishus Arabim. It's a public place. A public place is referred to as Rishus Arabim, a area where there are many. Rishus a property of the rabbim, of the many. And Rishus rabbim in this sense is something which connotes something negative. Because Rishus rabbim is Ture depraved, as we mentioned earlier in the Maimer, the Kabbalistic concept of mountains of separateness. That means the reason why there are rabbim over there is because this area is not a place which feels as it's under the dominion of Yechidei Shalaylam, of the Eibishter alone. You're not able to feel that Hashem controls this place. You feel that perhaps, hopefully, there is also Hashem, not necessarily, but hopefully there's also Hashem, but besides for Hashem, there's also this 
person and that person and a third person. There are other forces, there are other energies, there are other powers that exist over there. And that's why it's called the Ture, the Preda, the mountains of separateness, because there is this expression, this outcropping of mountains which are sticking themselves up and proclaiming their existence and their separateness from Hashem. Va'ad to the point, in this marketplace, yeshnam tarmaydai. There are tarmaydai. Now the tarmaydai are some of the people who are wandering in this marketplace. Amongst the many, the plurality, the 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 the, the other energies and powers that are one that are milling about in this marketplace, there are also Tarmidai. And Tarmidai, we already mentioned earlier, also are Hamurdim Bemalchus Shamayim, those who rebel against Hashem's kingship. They they're not just saying that I exist and Hashem exists, but they're actually rebelling and um proclaiming their power over Hashem's power. They're rebelling against Hashem's power. As in the parentheses it says, Tarmid, ACS Meredes, that the word Tarmid has the same letters as the word Meredes of rebellion. Viregel min hashuk, the idea of eradicating the feet from the marketplace, who rigla the Tarmidai. That refers specifically to the feet of these Tarmaydai, Hainu. That means, Shabe Hashok Nimsoim Mardim. In the marketplace, you find Mardim. You find those who rebel against Hashem. And not only are they there, but Vehem Gam Mehalchim Bai. They're also walking around over there. What's the idea of walking around Kamat Kanot? It connotes that they're not just it's not just that you have the presence of this rebellion, but the presence of that rebellion has a freedom of movement. That's the opposite of captivity. Captivity is that you're not mahalchim. You're not able to just walk around and go where you want. You're confined and limited to where you're being kept captive. So there's one level where there is this energy of rebellion against Hashem, but you're able to keep it in captivity. One of the um, uh, hostages that came back, one of the women hostages that came back, brought regards from one of the older men that are there. Um, uh, they should all be freed quickly and speedily and Amen. without giving more power Amen. to the murdim, to the those who rebel and those who are fighting against. But um, the, she brought back regards. And this older gentleman is a scholar of history, Polish history specifically, um, uh, that... Uh, um, he, he started a high school, a, tri- a trip for the high school students um, to be able to go to Poland and uh, see 
the places where the Nazis carried out their atrocities firsthand. Unfortunately, he now is experiencing firsthand the atrocities of other oppressors of the Yidin. Um, so one of the ladies was actually together with him at a certain point, and she was able to bring back regards to the family, something which was very comforting for the family. Wow. And she told the family with the regards that he's actually giving lectures in history to the other um, uh, hostages that are together with him. So his family laughed and said, well, he's finally gotten a captive audience. <laughs> it's, it's a difficult joke, but uh, th- that's what's going on now. No, again, halavai, that captivity. What? That, that's what they said. <laughs> they said that he's, al- he's always been trying to give them lectures and they run away. And here now he's finally gotten a captive audience. Anyways, um, the, but the, the, that captivity should be turned over. The Nakuda is, the point that I'm bringing across is though, that when it comes to to Klippa, to Meredes, to Tarmeidai, there is the possibility of having a Yetzirah and Nefesha Bahamas. We're not tzaddikim. We haven't killed it through fasting as David HaMelech did. But it's captive. What does it mean it's captive? It means it's not able to just stroll around and do what it wants. It's not walking around. It's stuck. Control. It's controlled. The idea of Rigula de means that these powers of negativity are just strolling around doing whatever they want. And that's a deeper negativity, a deeper power that they're receiving. And this, in the parentheses, it says, because feet indicates walking around. And the objective of The Chanukah Menera is Shetichla Regel Umin Va'al Yidei Hashuk. So, the, first you want that you should get rid of these Rigla Determinedai. I think the Umin Va'al Yidei Hashuk over here, what it means to say is that the power that they have. The power that the Tarmidei have to just walk around and do what they want comes from the Rishos Harabim. It comes from this plurality which exists outside outside of the walls of the Beis Hamedrash, outside of the walls of the Shul. That there's just all these energies over there and powers over there and therefore they feel like they could do whatever they want. <clears throat> There's a popular expression which is like the, the free marketplace of ideas. Do you think that there's like a similar parallel between like the extreme openness of our society to kind of characterize it as a public marketplace and the marketplace? Openness is an important thing. In fact, the objective is not the Rishus Hayachid. The objective is not the transformation of this base medrash 
of this shul. The objective is not to just lock ourselves into a corner and separate ourselves from the rest of the world. The reason why we're here is to transform the world. And this is what the Maimon is going to say in the next lines as well. That these two explanations are related to each other. That the shuk in the positive sense, which is the world that Hashem desired to create, and the shuk in the negative sense, which is the ture de preda, the openness, is that's the world which Hashem wanted. Hashem wanted a world of openness, and we're going to read and explain. Openness is a good thing, theoretically. The problem is, as the expression goes, borrowing from your expression, Adam, that sometimes a person's head is so open that his brains fall out. (laughs) And this is something, unfortunately, which you see in stark um, representation in the dialogue that goes on in the world nowadays. Where you have these people that are so open that they they can't think straight. In other words, the openness is to be inclusive and to draw in, not to be inclusive and be drawn out. Not to be drawn into it, but to be able to select from everything that's out there and bring it in to holiness. Make it part of the Rishus HaYachid. To expand the Rishus HaYachid, not to fall into the Rishus HaRabin. And that's why at the end of the day, the Chanukah Menera needs to be Al Pesach Beisei. It needs to be by the doorway to your house. You don't go out into the marketplace and light a menorah over there. Although there is the concept of public menorah lightings, which again is a discussion not for now. You don't go out into the marketplace and light a menorah over there. On the contrary, you start from your home. Now, even though it's from the outside of your home, mibachutz, but you're starting from your home. Why are you starting from your home? Because the objective is, and it's a unique objective on Hanukkah, where you're taking the light of the house and you're spreading it out into the darkness of Shkia Sachama, into the Shuk and the Ragla de Tarmudai. That's where that openness has a positive element to it that you're able to reach even those levels. Um. So the English uh, explanation here deviates a little bit from how we explained the last uh, lines. Um, it talks about how Mergo um, relates to the f- to the word um, um, Ragil. Ragil. Uh, uh, yeah, Ragil, uh, which is to do something habitually. So it's, it says that the the fear of the would refer to. The habitual rebellious behavior, which is a consequence of living and operating in a shuk, which is a world that conceals the shuk. Okay, so the rigla, the tarmudai, is the accustomedness. The word um, liragal also means to do something um, repeatedly, habitually. So rigla, the tarmudai, is the habits of the tarmudai, um, that they're able to do whatever they want. 
seeking the light of the house and spreading uh, out. What is the light of the house? The light of the house is the light of the Rishus Hayachid, the light of the dominion of Hashem alone. That means a place where only Hashem calls the shots. A place where Hashem is in charge. Okay? Again, and these two explanations are related to each other. This that Hashem yearned to create the world. Perish Aleph Bishuk, which is the first explanation of Shuk in the holy level, which we brought down earlier. Who could This is in order. That he, blessed be he, should have a dwelling place below. That he should have a dwelling place here in this world. In this lower world, that there's nothing lower than it. Be'inyan Hester Eire Yisbarach in the idea of concealing Hashem's light. That's, remember, what we spoke about earlier with regard to the sun setting. There's the sun setting all getting from the 10,000 megawatt light to the 4 um, watt light of the night light. So that's the sun setting in one sense. But then there's the sun setting into this world. And when the sun sets into this world, it's reaching a whole new level of darkness. It's reaching, <coughs> it's reaching a whole new level of darkness. It's reaching a level of darkness where there's complete concealment. You can't get any lower or any farther as far as Hester or is concerned. And therefore, Hesa Hishavos when Hashem created the world, and specifically the most important creature on this world, which is man. So Hashem created the world in a way of nasa adam. Hashem said famously, let us make man. What's us? So us is plural. Let us make man. He should have said, let me make man. What's let us make man? So the Maim over here is teaching us that Hashem wanted that man should be created in a place of plurality. In fact, when Hashem said, let us make man, and Hashem put this into his Torah. So there were complaints to him. How could you write, let us make men? People are going to imagine that there's that there's more than one God. There's plurality. The opposite of Judaism, of monotheism. And the Abishter said, I'm going to write what I'm going to write. And this is in the in the brackets in front of you. It's a uh, I'm sorry, not right after the brackets. which is the public place, which is the second explanation. Someone who wants to make a mistake, let him make a mistake. I'm not going to change the truth 
Hashem said, for those who want to twist it and pervert it and come up with, with twisted explanations. And over here the Mimer explains this idea that Hashem wanted that we should be here in this world with free choice. Hashem wanted to create a world of Rishus Arabim, of Nasa Adam, a world where there is this plurality, a world where there is this free marketplace of ideas. And Hashem wanted to put us into there, and that we should sift through all of this plurality and find the unity of Hashem inside of it. Hashem Elikeinu, Hashem Echad. Hashem didn't want to put us in a place where it's immediately obvious that the only choice is God, that the only choice is coming to Chassidus, say there, and you can't do anything else. That's where you belong and that's where you need to be. And it's not even possible to consider something else. That's not what Hashem wanted. Hashem wanted that you're in a world where your pillow tells you sleep where your phone says, come watch, where your um, uh, friend says, come play. And you say, no, I'm going to go to shul. I'm going to go to base medrash. I'm going to do the things that I know that I need to do. Someone who wants to make a mistake can make a mistake. In order that there should be able to be this fundamental part of being a Yid and doing our divine service, which is you choose life, which is in the parentheses in Yin HaBechira, the idea of free choice. Free choice is something which is necessary in order for us to be able to perform our Aveda. And we can't have free choice if there's no possibility to make a mistake, if there's no possibility to stay in bed, etc. So therefore, it's necessary for there to be there needs to be room for mistake. There's room for error. There's a possibility that someone can come up and give you a convincing argument of why you should favor your enemies over you yourself. A convincing argument. Why is there this room for mistake? The room for mistake is so that you, on your own power, with your own strength, with your own discernment, should choose Hashem should choose Achdos. V'davkal yidei zeh, specifically through this, she'esavas ha'ilam ha'isa ba'ifen denasa lashen rabim. The creation of the world was in a way of nasa. Let us make lashen rabim in the plurality, which is Indian rishos harabim. The idea of the 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 public domain, the plurality. And we, through our own work, through our own discernment, as I mentioned, we turn over the world. That it should be a single domain, meaning a 
domain which is in the control of of the singular one of the world of Hashem himself, of the achdos of the unity of Hashem, through this, we're able to accomplish, we're able to fulfill, we're able to bring to fulfillment, so to speak, the shaykov, which the shaykov we explained is the chukaisav, the thighs, meaning the yearnings, shalakadish baruch of Hashem, bebriya in the creation of the world, sheyia loy yisbarach dira betachtenim, that he, blessed be he, should have a dwelling place below. This is the third paragraph that we're, start, we're ending with these words of dira betachtenim. Okay, we'll stop over here for today. I told you it's a shorter ice, but I'm not going to start the next one today. We'll do ice vav tomorrow, Bezos Hashem.